Howdy meeps, and welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show. show of 2019 it is our 2019 new year's resolution show uh hi jess how are you i am great how are you i'm fine and where, where are you you don't look like you're at home i'm in miami oh no dogs yeah <laughs> i miss them i've been away from I'm... home for like a for a, a week now um i'm i go i go home in like seven hours so oh okay Seven hours is cool. That's nice. Um, so you ca- you spend some time with us, and you pack up, and you, you fly out. Pretty well. Okay. Uh, and Erica, how are you? I- I've seen you this year as well already. So yeah, that that's enough right there. We've interacted once. We're done for the rest We're of the year done now. Done for the rest of the year. Hello to Travis Magrum, who we also interacted for a very brief period of time. Oh yes, once, <laughs> once so far this year. Yeah, you know what? Did. We have a great record so far. Right. <laughs> That's pretty good. And uh, good evening to Ming. How are you, Ming Didi? Uh, hopefully your New Year's went well and that you are doing well in Atlanta. We're going to talk about our New Year's resolutions uh, because, well, I mean, we've got stuff to talk about. And uh, Jesse and Erica and I have all made some New Year's resolutions in regards to board game design. Sure, yeah. So, um Erica had uh, posted on Twitter about to, got you all the stop, start, continue. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a rosebud thorn reflection. So our rose is something from last year that was awesome, and we wanted to do it again and do it even better this year. Our bud is something that we were either inspired by or we want to do better or something new that we want to do this year. And our thorn is something that was like a pain point last year that we would like not to have stab us again this year. Okay. So uh, what we're going to do is the three of us are going to go through our rose, bud, and thorn for 2018 into 2019 uh, based on our experiences as game designers. And then we'd love for the rest of you all who are watching and interacting with us Play along. To, to play along to um you know if you can join that'd be wonderful uh we'll have to figure that out i think we can do it um but also even if you just write in the comments what your roses are what your buds are and what your thorns are we'll gladly read them out uh and we'd love to hear from you okay so uh let's start erica what's your rose and again jesse the rose is what uh the rose is something that was awesome last year that you're that you're gonna try and bring with you into 2019 all right. Yeah, okay, Eric, I feel Erica. like my rose and thorn are going to conflict very hard right now. <laughs> it happens. I'm, I'm putting that out there right now. All right. Because, you know, I, I have a problem where I work Every too much. Every rose um, has a thorn. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so you're getting all metaphorical again. Uh, my, my rose is actually, I think, yes, last year I had a really good, well, good year for uh, game stuff anyway. My... The rest of the year was a little weird and sad, but uh, overall, the good stuff was, I mean, either games commissions, games picked up, things finally coming out or getting scheduled. Like, it was everything just sort of started steamrolling <laughs> for what this year is going to look like, and this year is going to be pretty crazy, too. But it's I'm so thankful for all of it that I just have to say all the work that goes into it is it's right now, I, it feels totally worth it. <laughs> I hope I keep saying that. 
Because, <laughs> you know, I don't feel like I sleep enough, but, it, you know, so. So, so the uh, rose is what, specifically? Specifically, my rose would be that uh, all the hard work I put into the year and it's kind of like everything is kind of coming from that. My, my, I guess my, my win for the year is sort of like see, seeing the payoffs coming of all my hard work put in. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So you, you got to see all of the things that you contractually were obligated to do. <laughs> not just, not just actually obligated. Oh, but fun ones. So like, for example, this just showed up at my door. I got my designer copies. So I'm assuming it means it's in stores now. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. nice. That's how awesome. I know when things go retail, it shows up at my house. Right. Uh, but like stuff like that, right? I'm like, I have a, I have an effing Ghostbusters game. Like how crazy is that? That's awesome. Right? That's awesome. And, so cool. and I've got more crazy things coming. So yeah. as I said, like that's a super win for me in comparison to everything else that was going on last year. Right. And you, you even traveled for specifically for game design. Yeah. Like, by did. not going to cons, but I mean like doing something. Yeah. Uh, I ended up having to fly to California to go hang out at a, an author's house because that's Which what is people do. Because, because, you know. <laughs> He's a Toronto be, native. Well, <laughs> that's yeah, what's I mean, even funnier. Funniest thing is that, yeah, you could have just traveled to London at one point in that person's life and been at that I was house. I was kind of hoping he was just going to be home for Christmas and then I could be right. like, I'll just see you then. But no, I had to go to LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is the weird things you don't expect to happen in game design. Right? Very Thank cool, you. though. Jesse, what about you? Jesse, yeah. did you know that I can't put you in a big picture, but I can put all three of us in a big picture? Let's but be a big Erica, picture together. I can put Erica and Sen in a big picture, but all because I'm special. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't need I, my personality is big enough, you know. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so my rose is um, was pushing boundaries last year with designs. Um, so everything that Sen and I have worked on and did last year, all of it was driven forward by some effort to do something different. So mutants, like completely took deck building and we were like, forget it, it needs to be fully asymmetric. And we also took all sorts of other things that we find annoying about deck builders, threw them out the window, and we made just like a hugely innovative design. But not just that, um, another, like, I mean, it, and this is this is two, two games that are uh, crossing over into 2019, but um, Ties That Bind, a uh, role-playing game that we put together, a little small one, about uh, family separation at the border. It's just like when we started talking about it in the summer, I was like, sure, yeah, let's do this. And we started doing it. And we finally got to play it in December when I was in London and then Sen played it again at Breakout. And it's just, it's such an incredibly like powerful experience. And I just sometimes can't believe that I helped make it. Yeah, um, I mean, I will play it at Breakout because if we're talking in the oh, future. Oh, sorry. Basecamp. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you you played it at Basecamp, right? How'd it yeah, go? Yeah, it went really well. Um, it went so well that people were talking about it the next day, mm -hmm. showing their artifacts to other people to explain what their experience was. Aww. And the best thing was, like, people were thankful for playing it. That was, that was really interesting. They were like, I'm not going to say it was, a, you know, a fun experience, but it was a great experience. I think that's what people had to say about it, which was really nice. Um, and there are people who aren't necessarily role players, like Michael Chang. This is his first experience role playing, and I said, "I'm really sorry for <laughs> dropping you in the deep end of story gaming, but here you um, go. Have 
fun. There's no dice. <laughs> yeah, um, only he got that punchline, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you totally froze for a second, and that's what you came oh. back with. It would be even funnier if it was even less contextual. I would have right. really enjoyed that even more, just comedically. Even more. Uh, but yeah. yeah, everything everything was really everything was really good about it. We brushed up a couple of the rules after the first play test, and after the second play test, the only real things that we added were about hey, you know what? It's actually beneficial to have two people <laughs> running GM. as the yeah. GM. It's a really heavy subject matter, so it's it's literally about separation at the border. It's adversarial, so it's it's not like a GM who guides you through a story and it's not like a dungeon master who you know has to rely on the fate of the dice to predict your outcome or tell your outcome this is like i'm adversarially trying to make your experience horrible but good horribly good right uh and so there were some really neat times when as a gm i couldn't take being in character and jesse had this experience as well like i just i just couldn't be that person like so i decided to play the good cop and i made jamie who is my co-gm the bad cop it was it was good that there was somebody to be the bad cop and jesse will pop back in when he gets back here so basically what you're saying is you need someone to be the hard ass if you're gonna play this game and you get to well, be the softer one well, no, you... no no yes and no yeah or emo take it emotionally i guess yeah yeah, it's good to have someone to share the emotional load with. Yes, so when 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 I play tested the game, I solo GM'd it, and I was like burned out for the next twelve hours. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you know so. what? This is is this is a nice kind of connection to think something we were talking about just at uh, the end of. Uh, it's funny to say last year, even though it felt like it was just a few weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about how people are kind of more primed and ready for maybe different kinds of experiences through games. Yeah. So, it, and this one sounds like it's kind of fitting up that alley of like you are going to go through some a lot of emotional yeah. things, roller coasters. Yeah, yeah. I, I think where I, where I originally got the idea for this particular thing was playing um playing experiencing the uh blanket experience have you done it yet erica oh, what's cool? the blanket experience it's the indigenous uh experience through like, a guided facilitated role play oh, so it so. basically compresses like 200 years of indigenous experience in canada through uh the blanket exercise uh and the blanket exercise and jamie that's funny jamie is listening and jamie was the bad cop and he said uh, after he played, he had a holy crap moment uh, where he realized that he did the orders that I told him to do, which is like, you pull a gun on her if she makes any noise type stuff. He did it without yeah. question. And that was like his holy crap moment. It's like, this is this is what it feels like to be just doing your job. Look, I'm just doing my job. Look, I'm just doing my job. Right. Because that's kind of how it is. I'm not I'm not evil by nature, but I'm doing my job to keep my country safe or whatever. Right. This Anyways, is a whole site like, class right here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> back to back to the blanket experience so if you get a chance erica you should really do it it's uh with get like your whole faculty together and do it there are sites where you can get people to come facilitate it but basically it was an experience where we stood on blankets and those blankets represented our tie to the land we were playing indigenous people in canada and eventually you had a card in your hand and as the reader facilitator was reading out the history of the land you know 150 years ago x happened y happened then they'd say oh do you have a blue card if you have a blue card you go stand over there and they'd explain what happened to you mm -hmm. and you got and i was one of the people with the blue card i had to go stand over on 
uh, an area that was not connected, you were, I was taken away from my home as a person going to live in residential school. And sometime a little bit later, right, all the people with blue cards were brought back, except if you had an X. If you had an X on your blue card, you died in residential school trying to run away. Because you got experimented on, most likely. Yeah, or yeah, you, oh. you, you were either beaten because, you know, you didn't oh, they did all kinds of, conform yeah, to rules, terrible things. or you tried to run away and you died in the winter. And you to starve even, them to see what you could do. Yeah, even if you, you got to go home, I, I, I was one who got to go home. And they said, oh, yes, but you can't stand next to the person because you can't speak the language anymore. Ah. Right? Because if you understand, if you remember about the big scoop, the 70s scoop, it's called, for those of you who aren't Canadian, it was basically beat the Indian out of the Indian. Yeah. Try to Indian. kill the culture sort of thing. Yeah. And I think there's, I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of examples of that in a lot of other countries. Sure. <laughs> this just happens but, uh, in our history, right? This, ha this happens to be ours because, you know, we're young enough that we have one huge problem instead of lots of huge problems yeah and there um anyway so it was just at the end of it like my entire faculty uh the whole school of human services was there and there's like maybe you know 70 professors crying because yeah, this was maybe. for a lot of them they didn't think about this right they they didn't i grew up way up north and i grew up with lots of people who are indigenous and so like I know these stories. Anyway, besides, that history aside, it was a, a really touching moment for a lot of people, just a real eye-opener. When Jesse and I were working on uh, Ties Up Bind, it started as sort of, hey, what if we work, we use physical separation as a tool to do something? And then Kate Bullock had asked online, hey, does anybody want to write for Love and Resistance? This is around the time when the whole, you know, tearing families apart at the border was like trending in the news. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wait, this is unfortunately perfect, right? This is the idea of tearing families apart, facial separation to promote unease amongst players. So it was this weird serendipitous thing where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, we get to write this thing that is not beautiful, but is tragic. Well, um, I say poignant. And it's yeah, amazing to think that poignant. a game these days can be poignant. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. what an interesting concept in itself. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, going on to to buds. This no, no, you, you're. Oh, okay. I yeah. know, I know, I know. You owe us a rose. I'm making. I owe you a rose. Um, <laughs> my, but this is my bud. So my bud okay. is RPGs. Buds being things that we want to. A, a bud is something that you want to grow this year. Yeah. So I okay. want to grow in the RPG field a little bit more. I think there's a lot of untapped stuff happening there and a lot of crossover in tabletop through rpgs and card and board and so i'm going to put not a lot more effort because that's my when you hear my thorn then you'll know why not a lot more effort but uh aim to do something like ties up bind like a shorter thing work on a couple rpg like things more story games uh or more games of story so i i think my my real thing is i i want to tell story more using games. So Jesse and I have another project, Mythos, that is really about stories. You're telling stories in the game. That's something. But back to my rose, we're going to go back to my rose. I, I think my rose is really all the innovation that Jesse and Jay and myself and Scott and everybody that I work with, all the publishers that we work with, we've been able to really subtly innovate some things in deck building, in 
game design that we're really proud of. And I, I think to me, the roses that were that fully kind of bloomed was that. Just quickly, uh, I'm going to look at the, my Twitter feed for a second, sorry, uh, because it was it was uh, Korra, the uh, deck building game that. It's sort of doesn't, I mean, people don't think of it as a deck building game, but it really is a very much so a deck building game. And it was a game that uh, Calvin Wong wrote about just the other day. It was his number five game of the year, which is super awesome because Calvin plays lots of games. But he also really loves, obviously, he loves Korra. He said something really, really nice about it. Uh, and Calvin, if you don't know, if you've seen Crazy Rich Asians, Calvin's in that movie. Did you find it? I found it. Now, oh, did you find it? I do less Twitter than you. My history is very short. <laughs> uh, the Legend of Korra Pro Bending Arena alchemizes draw three cards, play three cards into a rapid fire avalanche of flow like water move and counter move. An incredible yeah. design with more depth than still water. Perfect. I mean, and, and that to me, if, if somebody can write that about a game, and that was the intent. Like Jesse and I had a very strict intent with that design, very, very pointed plan of attack with deck building in that game and mm -hmm. calvin got it that to me just you know it, it resonates with me and i just saw a couple of our other friends from the uk who, who we jesse and i and scott developed one of their games they they finally have played core and they're like yeah this is awesome we sucked but we loved it and so that was really cool. yeah there we go oh helena's here hi helena how's it going eric slauson is here travis is here of course dave tome is here good 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 and yes colonialism is dark as f man it is just dark 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 and helena you're right canadian history is pretty horrendous as much as we like to hold ourselves up as you know just wait for that japanese internment game that comes next Right, no, I'm I mean, just that, but, but there are. I, it, it's <laughs> interesting. We did well, it too. We did it too. <laughs> um, let's, let's not. We did it too. Uh, but yeah, but but again, interestingly enough, who knows? We're finally getting to a place where games are allowed to tackle such subjects, which right. is a very interesting playground. But yeah. I, I think it could be very, very kind of fascinating to see where this is going to go and what people will allow at what time. But I think it'll keep growing in its own way because we are looking for these experiences, right? So roses, Jesse, can you explain that for Eric again? He missed what roses were. Yeah, so um, roses are uh, something from last year that you thought was really awesome. Uh, awesome thing that probably you want to do again this year. Um, a bud is something that happened last year that you want to grow this year. And a thorn, which we'll come to later, is a pain point from last year, something that you might like to avoid this year. Okay, great. So I've already done my rose and my bud. Erica, what's your bud? I have some new techniques I'd like to learn is a big one for me because I find like, as anybody, when you're prototyping, you are trying to come up with some of the most craziest stuff ever, especially when I try to make the wacky things that I see up here into real life is not always the easiest thing and can result in like finding people who will cut fiberglass for me and other such weird things like that. <laughs> I think that what I'm trying to do is learn new techniques to help myself. So I wouldn't mind learning things like 3D printing. I was just going to say, are you going to go buy a 3D printer? I'm not buying a 3D printer. I'll find a library to write one from. <laughs> or something yeah, at least like in that. Toronto, you can, you can find that. That's, that's, I have that's a tool cool. library around the corner from me, so at least yeah. I know I can now use their uh, some of their uh, laser maker, cutting. Do you have a makerspace at school? Not yet. We're actually trying to build one. I don't yeah. know if they're going to give us power well, tools because, you know, we're elementary, but right, <laughs> I would love some know. power tools. <laughs> <laughs> just give me your specs. Is it, Kids, uh, this is the drill. <laughs> <laughs> or or be, be on the committee. 
that is managing yeah. it and then you can decide uh, that. i'm on too many Power they stick me on there. everything tech i'm i'm tired i'm like the only person in my school that knows how computers work it's annoying sometimes it's okay though i'm teaching my kids everything google it's it's fascinating Great. and they are so much better at it than their parents but you know it's fun but yeah so I, there's certain techniques i want to learn because i have these weird ideas in my head and sometimes i'm like i will literally have to teach myself a new skill just to make it happen there's something really interesting coming up with a game design i've coming out where i had to actually teach myself the the mechanics of how pop-up books work and like yeah. things like that and i actually saw something that i thought was very inspiring because i have this idea right now where i need this kind of a game board that can change to be multiple stories at once and so funny historically there was this really neat book that was found not too long ago where depending on which way you actually tried to open it you had a whole new story on the inside so I'm like trying to figure out a way oh. to see if I can like almost mimic that idea. It sounds like a cootie catcher with a story in it. Not quite. Like I actually, funny, I have an old promo thing I did. Oh my God. Has there ever been a cootie oh. catcher in a game? There's a no, kid. No, but now we're going to make one. <laughs> now we make one. This He's is like when we- of a dice. Yeah, happy oh. New Year's to Jesse. New probability. New probability yeah. pickers. It's both yeah. random and not at the same time. Yeah, right? You can learn it. Yeah. Too funny. Um... Mm. And Jesse, what was your buddy? Yeah, so I have a bud. I just wanted to quickly jump off Erica. So there's, you reminded me of a specific like technical challenge that I want to overcome this year. So this is one bud and then the real bud will follow, which is that I, as some of you may know, I um, do a lot of prototyping through code. Um, I use scripts to generate game files out of Google Sheets. And I love my collaborators. But I really hate being responsible for updating everybody's prototype. Yeah, so, Jay, Jay's like that as well. Jay doesn't like that either. Right, and it's not that I don't mind. I just like it. It it, it ends up creating a lot of. It actually relates to my actual blood. I realize now it creates a lot of anxiety in me because I feel like I have to be like, oh, I'm. I need to like get everything done immediately because if the prototype's not updated, nobody can update anything, and I'm the only one with the power to do this because I've made it super efficient. So I want to learn how to sort of push that outwards so that. I can still use through my scripts, but like put something up on a website for my collaborators so that they can just push buttons and get updated things from spreadsheets. So I would like to create some kind of interface that mediates that process that I already use. And tying that into my bigger bud is I need to set better boundaries and expectations with publishers, co-designers, and myself. I have a very bad habit of letting game design bleed over and take over everything. And also, like, accepting more responsibility than is than is reasonable. And so I started getting better at setting boundaries at the end of the year there, and I just want to, this year, be very good about expectations and boundaries. Yes, and, and David Tomei said that it's a common thread and sen in, in big letters. And it's true. I, I'm I, not going to deny it. I think it. I'm in the same boat <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna deny it every they like, the people who are good at that thing do that thing and if they're faster at it they do it and that's the way it is until it can't be and so on that note i want to let everybody know about the tool that jesse and i have been using lately that uh allows me to at least be somewhat helpful <laughs> Uh, with the graphic design stuff. And the thing is that I'm not bad at graphic design at all. I actually mm. enjoy it quite a bit. I just don't do the scripting part, therefore can't run the script. And Jay uses Corel Draw, and he's kind of hung up on that, like using Corel Draw all the time. So, and he's super is that high enough quality with it? Yeah, I'm, it's just vector graphics, so everything that's vector is fine. Oh, fair enough. We, we don't do we really need, care about what it looks We like. don't really need quality in... Uh... No, I was just curious how they came out. Oh, yeah. they, oh, they come out fine. It's high resolution. It's like 300 DPI. It's fine. Uh, oh, sorry. Anyways, the tool that... Uh, point i think i will give uh do a tutorial on is 
Lucid Chart. And Lucid Chart is this program that I use for spread, uh, not spreadsheeting, for flow charting. That's all I used it for before is to make organiz organizational charts for classes. Then I said, oh, why don't I do some uh, interactive fiction in this? And it's funny because Eric Slauson is here and Eric Slauson and I had been talking about Twine a little bit. I've been using Twine. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think Twine is fine. It's, it's, um, it's a good logic device. That, that's yeah. kind of what it is. I just needed it to be a little more shareable between people and i know you can kind of do that with twine but it's not the same mm -hmm. and so lucid chart became a thing that we could work on a couple pages together and then jesse and i discovered that it did some really cool stuff because it's kind of hooked into google docs in some weird way mm -hmm. but i can go to like gameicons.net or flat icon call up an icon copy it into my like just copy it like Control c copy and I can paste it into LucidChart. And then LucidChart has this really cool function where anything you pick up and put in this place called shapes, you can then pull out a shapes and it comes out at the exact size that you put it in. So if I, sh if I size it to like my icon size, I just drop it in that palette and I pull it out of the palette to put on anything. And I can actually make a bunch of shapes, like it's almost innumerable shapes into something, save that in the palette and pull that all out. So I've, I've yeah, made whole cards like a card template. in the palette. We should be it's doing, really, I, I was gonna say, this sounds awesome. We should almost do a little tutorial on this because we've been kind of yeah. talking about how we want to start, uh, you know, we all like to learn and teach things that this, this sounds like a, let's write that down for the possible teachable one. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A bunch of ideas that we've had, so we'll talk about those. Yeah. Those are good mods, too. I think there's a lot of stuff in in just Meeple Syrup that I, I, I'd like to do. Jesse and I, I don't know if I'd, I'd talk to you about it, Erica, because I think I was chatting with Jesse anyways, just about something else. I just had these random ideas. Jesse is really interested in doing video essays. So yeah, sort of we like, were talking um, about that a little bit. Sort of like, what is it, Gay? What is the, the channel, Jesse, that we like? Um, Game Maker's Toolkit is... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. And so doing a uh, doing uh, video Ming, essays. Lucid chart is infinitely easier to use than Nandak, in part because Nandak requires you to use code. Lucid card is WYSIWYG. Yeah, it's it's a it's a GUI and it's it's really easy. Hello, Jason Mohan. Sorry, um so yes. You heard your buds. We're talking about yeah, other buds. Uh, oh no, the the video essays. Video essays. Yes. Sorry. Yes, video essays, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, video essays I think would be really that's something we're definitely gonna look at. I think we kinda hit a nice spot with the infographics that we've done so far. A lot of positive feedback. Somebody by the way emailed me the other day saying, Hey, is it okay? I distribute those to a game jam group that's coming in to do a game jam. There's like mm. 40 people. I said, sure, just let them know where it's from and that's cool. Um, it's uh, all information that we've talked about on the show before. And so a lot of people are really happy with that. Beth Lepense from uh, Michigan University, uh, University of Michigan, Michigan State. She's Michigan State. Uh, she would like us to do two very specific ones. So she'd asked us for those. And I think people really like those. So I'm happy to do more of them. Jesse and Erica have helped us all write that. And they're great. They're nice little tidbits of information. So yeah. And our goal is, is either things that would not work as a whole episode by themselves or or sort of like those really good like kernels of information that came from one of the episodes that yeah. turns into something that's like a great step-by-step -step follow. And I think that actually connects nicely with maybe another bud too, is that our goal this year, and we'll, I think we'll talk about kind of what we're hoping for the, the new layout and schedule, like towards the end of this, which we're getting surprisingly close, but I was going to say we are now at 870 people on Facebook. Uh, and so I think we, as a nice growing one for this year, I think a thousand people is yeah. a realistic totally goal. Doable. Totally doable. 
<laughs> yeah, we can do a thousand. So we'd be we'd be happy yeah. with that. So people are asking about Card Maker and Nandek and all those types of things. And yes, uh, Lucidchart doesn't do data merging. Uh, no. It's not really for that. No, it's it's. Does do that? I don't know yeah. about like. There's conditional formatting and things like that that I have no clue how to use yet. So. I was going to say, uh, Lucidchart is really good for some things. And of course, tools like Nandek or Illustrator, things that give you data merge are different for other things. If it's a kind of thing where you want to use data merge for, Lucidchart's not your tool. Not that we know of. Not and that we know I, of. And I doubt it is. But. but if it's the kind of thing where data merge is difficult, so um, in Kingdom Rush, our cards are like five by five grids where every space could have a different picture in it the data merge on that's a pain in the butt to prepare it's much easier to just drag and drop everything around um or if you've got boards or player boards or references things that are relatively static and highly graphic lucidchart is awesome for just quick one-off prototype type stuff i yeah. wouldn't use it for like end of the <laughs> production quality anything but for no. me for quick prototyping it's, yeah. it's really nice hey scott hill is new here welcome scott uh i see you're on your avatar on lots of other board game design stuff so thanks for coming on so yeah other types of things that we'd like to do this year oh <laughs> i just uh just Jesse had been talking about, well, I had posted a thing about an article that I wanted to read. I said, saving for later. Jesse had uh, talked about it as well. And we just said, oh, why don't we do like a, a board game design book club where we sort of... Article club. Yeah, like an article yeah. club where we read, we all read the same article. So I disseminate the article or Jesse or whoever, Erica, would disseminate the article to a group a couple of days before, like a week before. And then we come and we share in a space kind of like this, whether it's a live stream or it's a you know closed Google Hangout for 10 people. That may be something that we look forward to in the new year. I know we're not going to do any Patreon type thing until Jesse's back in Canada, but that might be a Patreon thing where you get like access to you know us live all the time or something. The book club would be a, a really neat thing to do. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't do. Um, they don't do that. Another new thing that we're doing this year, and I, I did have a trailer for it, but we'll just talk about it now because, well, we will. Is our new format. We actually have a plan. Yeah. Yes, Jesse, we, well, I don't like, like that it. we don't have a plan. And so we're going to try a plan. What are we doing, Erica? Exactly. All right. So here's the idea. And then the nice thing is, too, we'd like to, well, give us a lot more chances to include you guys as the audience in multiple different ways as well. So the plan is about a four-week cycle. Um, so you can kind of predict where you know where the next episode's going to go. And then we can tell you who's going to be on or what the subject's going to be. So week one, which is what we're in right now, is kind of going to... I going to traditionally be a designer spotlight but it might also be something of our choosing that we think is timely so right now choice. being a new you know new year new year's resolutions we actually collected a bunch which i'm even going to share the ones we got from twitter because there's some really good ones in there and that will be week one so if you are a new designer we'd also like you to start reaching out to us as well because you might be our next spotlight and it would be a great way for us to connect with you so we know that you are out there Mm -hmm. um the next week week twos are going to be designing the game the idea is that it is going to be a design based session you've seen us do this a couple times and people seem to think they're really fun or funny and we've even had people jump in on design sessions before where we'll pick a genre mechanic whatever it is 
and we want to build, like practice the actual design, whatever you want to call it, session, like the three of us. And the nice thing is too, you can kind of see what uh, co-designing might look like because for the most part, the three of us do bounce very quickly the way you would want with a co-designer. We don't tend to say no, we tend to riff and keep going. Speak on that, our focus for next week is going to be designing kids games in honor of New York Toy Fair coming up and kind of some of the things that you consciously have to think of for that. And the nice thing is we can also share things we've heard from publishers that are produce a lot of kids titles, often what they tend to be looking for or want you to skew towards. A week three is going to be industry and publisher focus. So this could be a lot of different things because we have a lot of people who are trying to break into the industry, want to get published, want to talk about self-publishing. There's so much in this arena that we could go over. And so we'll constantly be looking for people who will also help you with that knowledge. So our goal for this first week three is going to be pitching to publishers that would be present, let's say, at Design uh, at New York Toy Fair, so something more corporate. And there's only so many times a year that you can pitch corporate. So if that's kind of your plan in the long term is whatever you want, you you know you're going more mass, well, you need to know where to be and you need to know kind of what they're looking for and how to approach that. So the goal for right now is to bring on one or two people that we know from the corporate side kind of talk about how their pitch system works because in my experience it's a little weird sometimes and often off-site some are very weird then the idea for week four is and this is where we want to have a little bit of fun with it and you guys at home will try to give you advance notice on this one so you can play along we're going to play we're going to do something called dissecting the game goal is that it gives us a bit of months time that three of us will all play the same game this is not necessarily a review per se what we really want to do is just break down games to talk about how they're working how they're using the mechanics obviously we'll have opinions but you know kind of more going into the idea of the walkthrough and the theory behind it more so than the I personally like doing this in the game, but we'll add flavor like that, I'm sure, anyway. <laughs> so that's the hope for our cycle, and we'll give you guys enough advance notice when we can. So our first pick is Istanbul, the dice game. Uh, we're going to be looking at that, pulling it apart, talking about the different mechanics in it and kind of how it functions. So if anyone has played or wants to play in advance, so you know what we're talking about, uh, that's your heads up on that one, and so we'll always yeah, we'll, we'll give you as much notice as we can as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and so cool. I think that's, that's that's kind of our cycle. We've had the request to go a little deeper into games and design, but still keep some industry people coming. And then you know we always have stuff that like kind of on a daily basis. I think one of us will say to the other one of the other people, "Hey, why don't we do a show about this?" And we all say yes, and then it happens. Never but happens. Now we're going to yeah. put it into yeah. a schedule. I think, and I think yeah. now it fits somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be really exciting. So, Which kind of goes towards probably some of our thorns. Yes. Yeah. So thorns. Erica, what are th what were thorns for you in 2018? And what are you going to do about them in 2019? They I might all be the same. It might be the same for all of I us. I think actually. we all have the same problem. Guys, we need to learn to say no. Mm. I call <laughs> the that answer. Oh, no, that, that's my thorn. <laughs> I, you know what it is? It's like there's some overachiever part of me that knows I'm capable of doing it. So I'm just going to go for it. And sometimes it works. And then I wonder why I'm so burnt out. So my goal is, and I think this is my goal last year too, but I think I am getting better, is finding more balance. Yes, I want to be there for everybody. Yes, I want to support everybody. Yes, I want to do everything. But I feel like a lot of the times the things I'm saying yes to are for other people 
or other people's reasons. And I'm not trying to say to be selfish. Too much of my personality is also often caring more about what everybody else wants over myself. And so sometimes I might actually have to stop and think about what state am I in and can I give that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I get that. Jesse, what about you? What is your thorn? I'll get back to the saying no because that's my thorn, but I want to know what your thorn is. Then get into yours. Mine's different. So you might as well just... I just continue on with the trend. I see. Yeah. I think Sen and I have the Sen and I have the same problem. I think. Jesse just wants to set a new trend, and and maybe okay. that's because we're the parents of the group. Maybe. I, are you calling that. me immature? No. I'm well, you have immature. dog babies, but it's you not quite the same. No. Oh, those. <laughs> yes. Okay. Not my. <laughs> you're not. You're not. We're not your parent. That'd be weird. That would be weird. But yeah. So one of the things uh, that I. It's funny. So when I was working in clinic, one of the things that one of my preceptors told me is that, and you know, you really got to learn how to say no, because I would just keep taking on projects all the time. Yes, yes, yes. It's because I know you want to make a good impression. And I know, you know, then this was like 20 years ago when I was not a therapist, I was a student therapist. I know you want to get hired and I know blah, 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 but you got to learn to say no, because in the end, this is, you're going to end up with a bunch of mediocre projects instead of a few awesome projects. And I mean, she was totally right. And I learned there, but I apparently haven't brought that over to this part of my life and maybe it's because this is much more fun than you know therapy stuff i love therapy but this is this is definitely much more fun and when somebody comes to me and says hey do you want to make a game about this cool thing that you're already addicted to or a big fan of or own all the shirts for i i just say yes i say yes um and so i think this year it's more love it's love yeah i love it and this year i think we're gonna have to do a little bit less of that granted uh this year already i think between the three of us and then jay i'm working on three or four of my dream ips already already Uh, and one of them i'm in the same and three of them that i can't (laughs) right but uh so kingdom rush uh kingdom rush between Helena, uh, Helena and Jesse and I, Helena has already admitted it's her favorite app game ever, and it's probably the app game uh, short of Star Realms that I've ha- I have the most hours on, and I buy every iteration of it. So I am so pumped for Kingdom Rush, and I think we've made a brilliant system that is really really cool and now it's just content generation and tweaking and balancing which is not the fun part by the way but it is a part we have to do uh, and so that's kind of neat so we'll um, hopefully do more of that and then a couple other ones that uh, i think erica knows about and obviously jesse and erica they know about all of these i was gonna say i think i played even some <laughs> yeah even though they, they're not co-designing it with me but they are co-designing other ones with me they know all about them but we can't talk about them and it's so sad so when you finally see me blow up on social media about something it'll be what it's about jesse and i have a bunch of games coming out this year so there's a lot of stuff that i didn't say no to last year and i ended up um not necessarily burnt out but not with a lot of time it burns your creativity a little bit because you're not as wanting to jump on the projects just because there is that fatigue yeah, and so- you gotta be. And I think that's a good warning for some people. Is you know, hopefully you've never experienced it, but when you get to the point where you're just like, uh, I just need a break. It you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and before we get too far, I do want to share a bunch of uh, the resolutions that we collected on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, give, yeah. Uh, some set of people to say that, and then we can hopefully have a few seconds to talk to the last of the people on that side. Uh, so going down the list, it, this is based on whatever name they put up 
on Twitter. Uh, we have John's uh, uh, resolution. Healthier balance between owning, playing, and designing games. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. I, owning one, actually, owning has been a really interesting resolution, which I think for a future topic might be an interesting conversation with the future of, of board gaming in general. Uh, but you'll hear a trend as we keep going. Uh, board game cheerleader says uh, main main focus is organizing and culling collections, so removing. But the plan is the idea of practicing that every two in is one out, and she actually thinks that's going to make it easier to get newer stuff to the table. The piles don't grow as quickly. Mandy was uh, kind of back and forth talking with Sen about this saying no thing. So stop letting so many projects pile up. Kind of just say no to some stuff. Uh, Jesper's talking about pitching to a game to a publisher for the first time because he says he freaks him out. We'll definitely be talking about... We will help you with publishers. They are different. You get used to it. Eventually, you just know them as people, and then it gets funny. Um, then we get, well, it totally changes when you know them as people. Karen says, get two or more games through uh, playtesting and into graphic design. So pushing ahead her prototypes. We, and she also wants to establish a ladies game night at a local library. Right. play a couple games a month and i thought this was really interesting wanted to have a game inspired micro fiction uh, fictions oh interesting what is that which i thought was, i'm not really sure i was like that sounds like a fascinating idea is the stories about games stories based on games are you in the world of stories games i have so games. many questions i have so many questions <laughs> uh and then figure out how to market a game like marketing games oh, works and yeah, that yeah. could be a really interesting one too because that's a hard one for a lot of people yeah and that could be a great topic for the show uh like a whole yeah we should yeah, get Daniel Zayas yeah. on and stuff like that. Let's get, and then uh, Pixel Art Meeple says, uh, putting a moratorium on game purchases. You kind of see what's going <laughs> here, guys. With exceptions. So the idea is that you have to be able to sell a game to afford the new one and trading is acceptable. And then we had another one from KH Concepts that just said publish. Oh, and so that was, yeah, yeah, yeah that was the responses we got uh, on uh, just a quick little Twitter blast we did for a day just to kind of see like what's going on with people. Right, and I know we have some from the Meeple Syrup webpage, from the Facebook page, where uh, people are saying, you know, dusting off prototypes and getting up, getting them onto the the tables. Zach Connolly was talking about that, and we sang a whole Bob Seger medley about it. Uh, <laughs> don't ask. Uh, and I think some other people responded. Uh, just I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Hold on, more scrolling. Oh, here we go. Michael Chang is saying that he'd like to work out a better schedule for releasing review videos. Travis Magrum, who is on our show, who's on the feed right now, uh, said that he would like to be more proactive with publishers. So there's a, a, a quick movement right now, to be honest, in the in the industry on the designer side, that um, Scott Eaton, who is the designer of Codenamed Duet and some other stuff has kind of brought to light some issues, some pain points uh, that he has had in dealing with publishers. And so a bunch of us are talking about, you know, what can we do about that as a, as an industry from the design side? So that's, that's what that is about. And yeah, there we go. So let's yeah. see, we have a bunch in the feed. Scott yep. Hill says that his main, design-related resolution is to simply make time for game design every day. That's a great one. Oh, I wish. That's what <laughs> Stephen King says to do, guys. If you can do it, do it. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. it's, yeah. Eric Slauson says that, I don't, I can't, I, this is a very big post. Let's see if I can actually put it on our, on the feed. Um, oh my gosh, come on. Right there it is. Woo! Okay, Eric's Rose is, I had that's a couple fun. of publishers specifically come and find me uh, to make their games most social after play, having played my games. 
it was really excited to have a thing. Oh, so you're becoming known yeah. in the industry. That's For awesome. Interaction. Yeah, and, and and trust me when I say that if you want your games to have that little extra je ne sais quoi about interaction, Eric is your dude. He, he makes some great stuff for that. Uh, his bud, uh, bud was to go to Toy Fair, actually, in hopes of making more contacts with kids' family game companies. So he's excited that's actually happening. So he's going to New York Toy Fair this year. That's where they all are. Yeah, not taking care of myself at cons. Yeah, I'm actually very introverted, so I need to go back to the room for naps, TV veg out, etc., to recharge. But I always feel guilty about it or like I'm missing out. Yeah, FOMO's a thing, my friend. FOMO is a thing. I think we've all sort of started to learn to take that time out. And if you don't do it, you do need it. I, having ADD, get horribly overstimulated to the point where I've actually like almost gone into panic attack mode. Dice Harrow one year, and some people remember seeing that. Uh, I go a little wacky. So I got to stop, have that time out. It is a ton of stimulus you are not used to. It is not natural. Very few people can handle it. You need coping mechanisms. It is okay to take a time out. Mm -hmm. Go for a walk. Go see some yeah. of the beautiful parks that are in Columbus, Ohio, or whatever, right? What? Uh, Travis. <laughs> what? There's parks there? Travis said Rose. Do they have games? His first advance, and he wants more of that. That's right, to buy more ties. That's awesome. <laughs> now, to pay off all the cons you go to. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the advances to pay for the cons, guys. Yeah. It's a cycle. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Bud, uh, he started tracking how long it was since each project was touched to wow. keep track of projects I'm ignoring. Oh, that's really good. That's a good one. Yeah, you got some management skills, Bud, because right. I could not do that. Oh, honestly, like, I'm thinking, like, Jesse, yeah. uh, uh, we should just hire your, hire your wife as our project manager. She's good at that. That is amazing. Check his thorn. Oh, thinking that means I need to work on all the projects that I am ignoring. Well, maybe. Maybe. Although that's, I think that's yeah, double no, it's double okay to shelve things. Like if it's if you're that's not right. thinking about it, you're not yeah. in that mental space to work on it. Like honestly, that's what inspiration is, and I think we forget that a lot. We force it. You need inspiration. It is a real thing. It that's where a lot of drive comes from. If you are genuinely not even thinking about that game, leave it. Because if that's gonna come back, you're gonna have that click, Eureka, snap, whatever tiny bit that's going to bring that game back to your memory, that's when you work on it. Mm -hmm. Erica's given like talks on inspiration. I do think that it's a good practice, like Scott Hill said, to make time for game design every day and do something a little bit. Uh, but well, that, that really trains your creativity. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so you can do both, but yeah. don't force yourself. Like yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Don't force it, the design. That's right. And it's okay to let a project linger. It doesn't mean it's dead. It might be, mm. but that doesn't mean it's dead. Sometimes oh, you just need two, six, ten years yeah, before I mean, you can really totally make it work. We've done that before. Mm. I, I've show, I have the the prototype for the game that became part, just a little bit, of Akrotiri. Yeah, Akrotiri's history is a great example of that. Yeah. Anyways, okay, Ming, Ming, uh, Ming Yanglu said, Rose, this year was crazy year of growth. Went from 300 to almost 1,500 followers. Launched a Patreon and a pretty active Discord channel. And self-published three different original anime board games. So those Ooh. are the games that he's making, like, skins of other games for uh bud i went to a lot of cons never did that before and met a ton of cool people i want to keep doing that i want to pursue my relationship with level 99 games and hopefully become a published designer 
this year, right? So he wants to publish an original design, and he loves Brad, and he loves Level 99. He finally got to meet them this year, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Thorn figured out how the hell not to get burnt out. <laughs> yeah, right? There's I've, no answer to that one. <laughs> you know, take care of yourself, like you said, Erica. I've signed up well, for a lot more than I should have, and that. I need to figure out how to make some friends that I can spread out my workload with, right? So <laughs> You want minions. <laughs> Well, yeah. Co-designers. Co yeah. Co-designers. Co no, That's not how that relationship works. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Dave nope. Tomei. No, it is. He <laughs> says the games aren't skins. Sen. He says the games aren't They're, skins. The games are original games. games. Oh, he, cool. I yeah, thought you were talking about the other one. Sen. He does. He does for animes. What we get hired to do for things. Oh, I he, thought so you. Were, takes... I thought you were doing fan skins mm. and stuff. Sorry, buddy. Oh, oh mm. and Travis is also saying if anyone wants the Google Sheet that he uses for very basic project management, he can share it. Well, awesome. uh, that would be great, Travis. Please share it. Please As I say, any any management tools of any kind, share it because it's gonna work for somebody, and you just made their life better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, David Toei, his thorn is me. <laughs> not me, Sen. Me, David. He gets in his own way. You're David? Much and, no, I'm not David. And fails to focus on making anything happen. David, you gotta mm. be you gotta be a little less harsh on yourself, buddy. You are an awesome guy. And yeah, you, it, you do, do a, a ton of stuff, of stuff don't you? He I feel like David does. does a ton of stuff. Yeah, I think he's talking specifically about game design, though. Uh, uh, he, he gets in the way of his it's own. It's all that other design. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Shem says, Shem Phillips, by the way, who I didn't know was here, welcome Shem, from New Zealand, says, my rose and butter on on this are one and the same, co-designing with Sam McDonald. We started with the Architects of the West Kingdom and have more designs in the work. Awesome. I'm, I'm so happy you guys linked up. Architects was a big hit at Basecamp this year, so good on you, mate. My thorn would be dealing with a lot of shipping delays and issues for the Kickstarter from Development of Architects. Shipping is always a thorn, right? And I'm sure... Uh, Helena Capel could also talk to us all about shipping and how much of a crapshoot that is. Jamie Jones says his thorn. I spent the end of the year frustrated with interactions of some specific publishers that may be questioning why I bothered even trying. Since Basecamp, though, I have a new idea that I'm hoping will be my 2019 rose. Awesome. Glad we could be part of your Basecamp. Thanks for playtesting some of our stuff and let us know when we can help you playtest. In fact, uh, Jamie had said, I think Jesse had a copy of his pirate my pirate game and i think he left it at your house then did you leave it at my house jesse almost certainly okay so i'll find it and we'll play it <laughs> sorry jamie but yeah if you get new rules to me awesome we'll do that because jamie helps yeah, us that, a lot. that frustrating encounters one too we, we i think that's that could be a really good one uh we sort of touched on it earlier as mm. one maybe one of our industry topics is yeah it'd be really curious mm. to see what kind of interactions people had and if we not blaming anyone anyway but if we can kind of suss out maybe why some of these things occur or how to avoid them you know it might yeah. curb some anxiety yeah, yeah. We, and we really need to talk about it in a way that emphasizes the asymmetry in the relationships i think a lot of new designers have rose tinted glasses when they think about how these things should go and so on and so forth so ways of being proactive what you can do to make a difference to to stopping these interactions before they happen, given yeah. power differentials. Yeah, also knowing when things aren't personal uh, is a really hard one. We talked a lot about it in playtesting. I think it's a huge one in publishing. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, very cool. So that's everybody's roses, buds, and thorns. That's a weird way of, of saying. Yeah, I think that I think I've got everybody. Well, David thinks. Did Jesse do yeah. your thorn? I oh, did. Jesse did not. Okay, one second. One second. One, two, three. Well, at least somebody's paying attention. Oh. 
Hey, that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a good way. It's going to be a good aspirational way to wrap up. So my thorn from last year is actually maple syrup, um, and mostly my my unfulfilled promises to all of you guys, uh, these two, and myself. So there was a bunch of unuploaded videos that I was supposed to handle, and also I had all these like content dreams that I kept talking about and talking about and talking about and never doing, like those video essays. And so my thorn from last year was not contributing to the maple syrup team in the way that I wanted to and so this year it's going to be a rose Yay. so in 2020 i'm going to look back and be like you know what maple syrup was amazing and i brought more to the table than i wanted Good to sense. yeah and i'm gonna add because jesse's more awesome than he's letting credit for because oh, yeah, he was dealing sure. with some really bad software that kept giving him so many problems it was ridiculous <laughs> And this is. I actually don't think it was the I think it was his connection. No, it's fine. Was, it was the connection. No, there was great. something wrong. There was something wrong. Let's blame everything but Jesse right now. Anyway, but then, but then the other side of it is once we know, once we get the videos going, I really do. I'm going to start stripping the audio, and we are going to start focusing on having that podcast going again because I know a lot of you need to do something on the go, and this is not as friendly for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scott Hill asked me just the other week, and so I asked David Tomei, and David Tomei said he's going to work on, because David is a giver, right? Uh, as we all know, David said he's going to work on some method that we can uh, do it ourselves, but he'll facilitate part of it. like, like Or like if we can pass off the audio or something. Or, or... some drag and droppy thing where, I don't know, he'll help us. Because he did all the Thank old you. ones. There. We said we were going to do it, and so he stopped doing it, and then we didn't get the uploads done. So yeah. then he's then he's like, I don't know what you guys want, so we're just not doing anything right now. And I said to people, because at least at least every other week somebody asked me, so about those podcasts. Um, yeah. Oh, Johnny, Johnny Hinkle's on. Um, yeah. It's great. Good to see you, Johnny. So yeah. just to revisit format, boom. The 2019 format will be a four-week cycle. In that four-week mm -hmm. cycle, we have first... We have new spotlight. designer spotlight or yes. dealer's choice where we pick a topic kind of like today was a, not a spotlight, but it's a topic that we wanted to talk about. That and let's say, other ones. please get in contact with us. We really do want to hear about new designers or if you see someone up and coming, you let us know about them because we want to give them that chance to kind of step out and say, I'm here. Yeah. And then two is in our format is designing the game. And we're going to talk about specifics about designing a specific game. And the next one that's coming up is kids games. If you have any games that you're having like problems with, pressure points that you want to massage out that we can help you with that has like a theme like, oh, I'm working on a logic and deduction game or I'm working on, you know, a player versus player arena game. Maybe we can help and give us topics. I think that'd be great. Hello, Alicia. She's excited for the 2019 format. Then number three will be industry publisher interviews and talk, which may have some design content, may not, but usually it's great because you'll get to see faces, put names to faces, you know, who's who in the industry, get to hear their take on certain aspects of it that we'll ask them about. And we usually bring them on with some expertise in mind. So the first one that's going to come on this year will be about kids games pitching to mass market companies about kids games and toys that might be where it is so it most likely will be somebody like oh uh, tanya from hasbro or somebody yeah. like that andrew no spoiler yeah i don't know i don't know what's gonna we'll be figure it out. yet we'll figure it out we, we have then, we have a few people we yeah. are good and then, and then dissecting the game is the fourth one right yeah, yeah. the fourth one's dissecting the game where we play a game, all of us will play a game and we'll come and talk about it. We'll do a deep dive into the design of that specific game. Uh, and yeah, David, I noticed that too, that sometimes uh, we are when our feed slows down a little bit, 
that we get a really pixelated, but it's only one window at a time. So I don't know. Oh, I didn't cool, see cool, it. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, yes, yeah. we're happy, Eric, to be back in your life, dude. It, it's great to see you on. Uh, good yeah. night to everybody. Good night, David. Good night to Johnny. Good night, Alicia. Good night, Jamie. Good night, Ming. Good night, Travis. Good night, Scott. Good. I think I said that already. Good night. Oh, Andrew. Good night, Stefan. Uh, who else is on here? Good night, Shem. Good night, Helena. Good night. Oh. Yes, Alicia. Jesse. Uh, <laughs> good night, Jason. Uh, wow. Good night, Daniel Rocky, who I didn't say hi to. Good night, Sir Bob, who I didn't say hi to. Sorry, buddies. Oh, man, I know, right? This feed is going so fast. Oh, okay. wow. And good night, yeah, Moon. Good night, Moon. I will say, don't forget to keep up talking on the uh, Maple Syrup page. There's always yeah, questions yeah. going up, yeah. always, you know, yeah. discussions being had. So make because sure. Because we're not alive doesn't mean we're not alive. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I do get a little jealous of Gabe every now and then when I see people talking on Board Game Design Lab. It's like, come talk on our page too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there, guys. We'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. All right. We'll get there. All right. Good night. Well, it's been I great. Did say, I did say you, 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 you. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for watching the Meeple Syrup Show. If you'd like to help support our show and the podcast, please visit www.patreon.com backslash Thank you for your support.